I had my children on the floor. I was on my favorite blanket that my grandmother gave me on the floor like a cat. And I realized in that moment, the potential of what our bodies can really do as women. Like I could feel his head. I could do my own internal, like, yeah, his head, I could feel it. I was in tears. I was just in tears and overwhelmed with gratitude. Hi, and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast, the podcast that is bringing embodied birth wisdom from women from all over the world sharing their natural birth stories. Don't forget to subscribe and download so that you can always have access to these empowering and positive natural birth stories. Hi, my name is Anna, also known as the Spiritual Midwife, and I am the Natural Birth Podcast host. I'm a midwife and a childbirth educator, and I work with women worldwide, assisting them in having an empowering and natural birth experience, and to truly claim their birth as a rite of passage. I offer online one-on-one sessions, packages and online courses for the conscious mamas who don't want to leave their birth up to chance. If you want to know more about me and what I do in the world, then please visit me at thenaturalbirthcourse.com or connect with me on Instagram as the underscore spiritual underscore midwife. Now, if you love this podcast, then please consider taking a moment right now and leave a review. They mean the world to me and is also your way of helping me reach more women around the world with these natural and empowering birth stories. Together, we are changing the birth narrative one birth story at a time. Today on the Natural Birth Podcast, we have Taylor. Taylor is a mama of one from Victoria, Australia. She's a diesel mechanic turned Pilates instructor. And in today's episode, she shares about her decision of having an unassisted birth due to living in an area that didn't have home birth as an option through the regional hospital and also no independent home birth midwives. She sought out a doula and educated herself enough to make the decision to birth with just her partner and her chosen support team at home. At 41 plus 3 weeks, she went into labor and had her baby in the water just like she always wanted. Curious about Taylor? Find her on Instagram as K. Are you planning on having a home birth or a natural birth? Did you know that I have lots of free resources for you in the show notes? Pop on over to find what can support you in your preparation for a natural and physiological birth. Hi, Taylor, and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast. How are you today? I'm fantastic. This is amazing. (laughs) Really excited. (laughs) Great. Well, I'm excited to have you on. So you're going to share with us um, getting pregnant for the first time and deciding to have a free birth. So with no further ado, let's dive on into your story. Take us back to when you felt pregnant and how your kind of thought patterns and decision making was around birth. Yeah. So um, yeah, we found out I was pregnant when I was two weeks pregnant. 
four weeks according to last menstrual period. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we live in a regional town in Victoria. So, yeah, our options for certain things that we wanted weren't readily available. Um, we obviously had a long time to work things out because we were only two weeks along. And, yeah, we, my partner and I decided, like, I really wanted a water birth, just absolutely love the water, but that's not something that the hospital here will offer. Mm. Um, so our next option, okay, we'll have a home birth with a private midwife. And being 400 kilometres from Melbourne, that's really hard to navigate. The, there's the cost factor, the potential that the midwife won't actually make it for birth because, you know, it could be really fast or it could be really slow. And we just didn't know there's all these unknowns about it. Our next option was to have a free birth. And I don't know, I'm a, like, this is my first baby and it wasn't too scary personally. Like I didn't, I wasn't fearful about it. Um, but my partner was like, oh, you know, I'd really like a midwife. Like I want that support because otherwise it's on him. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we just went through, we did a bit of research in town here. We have a doula and she also runs the hypnobirthing classes. So that was an amazing start for us. We went through the hypnobirthing journey, which was incredibly informational. Like it was just, it was so worth every cent that we spent doing those classes. Um, Like Brad's had, my partner's had three kids prior to our baby. And he was like, these classes, we've learned so much. We even did the antenatal class at the hospital and we just felt there was a lot of information lacking from that class. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it, but mm-hmm. we just, I don't know, we just got so much more from the hypno. I don't know if it's because we aligned with it so much more as well. Yeah. I, I find what you say so important for women to hear, especially first-time mamas. But, you know, just as you just said, like your partner has three kids before your, you know, kid yeah. came and. <clears throat> you know, being a midwife and, you know, I've been a part of antenatal classes in the hospital and, you know, very much know that it's sorely lacking on, on so many levels. It's very basic and it's, you know, it's very much sharing from that point of view of the biomedical model that, you know, and brings in obviously what the hospital does and kind of preps you in a sense of being a compliant patient in that hospital, (laughs) right? And yeah, it's, I think it's very important to do those classes if you are birthing in hospital so that you know mm-hmm. what you're, you know, should expect. But yeah, at the same time, yeah, but at the same time, I encourage all women to find also an independent childbirth educator. And that can be like yeah. your doula or in there's so many different classes now, both online and in person. So like, you know, it's up to you where you live and what you have access to and who you are as a person, if you like, you know, in person kind of, classes or if you like them online or whatever but I really recommend that you find the one that suits you for sure and and I would say most most that are independent classes will be much more informational on the depth of actual physiological birth which yes is not so much the focus in hospital because we don't Which see is so it a strange. lot in hospital. But it's not, though, yeah. when you think about it, because we have this over-medicalized maternity system and most midwives sure. and doctors in the system don't actually support or really see physiological bath. 
they see medicalized birth because most women will come yeah. in they're being induced or having an epidural very few come in spontaneous labor and continue that way through until having a baby and leaving the hospital That's like right. they will be intervened with a lot of the time yes mm. it's just yeah it's so baffling like it's like people have just fully taken away like their natural thinking pattern to think oh I'm made to do this this is how we evolve in life like every other animal can manage why can't humans definitely (laughs) and yeah I think that just also just shows us that unnatural world though that we have today yes you know totally agree you know birth is a microcosmos of like what the rest of our life is like really how we are so very yeah. disconnected to the earth and to yes to nature to the natural you know it's almost frowned upon like you know thinking that man is god and that and we know we know better don't like actually everything that we know now shows us that actually holding upholding the physiology of birth is the safest thing for a woman and i'm talking yes. about obviously women with that doesn't have massive core morbidities or other things, but like low risk yes. normal women, right? And their babies. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, we went from our hypnobirthing classes and then had the conversation with Hannah and the, our hypnobirth teacher and the doula. Um, and we, yeah, said, look, we would love you for you to be our doula. This is what we want to do. And she was like, yeah, cool. I'm on board. And we were like, uh, okay. Awesome. And then obviously we had our agreement written up, you know, she specified I'm not there for medical purposes, I'm not to do this, that, which is perfect. Like we weren't relying on her for that. And then she put us in touch with another lady in town who has had home births herself and she works in the medical environment, but she's also a photographer. So we just wanted her photography services because she just, adores babies and yeah she also attended our birth and we went and talked to her beforehand and yeah we got her stories and she was so happy to be a part of it as well which we were super grateful for so we went through our journey through hypnobirthing and we had our birth photographer lined up and yeah then it was just a matter of getting all our stuff together um I was seeing the doctor every couple of weeks, you know, whatever they kind of recommend. And then I made the effort to go into hospital to see the midwives just to create a relationship because I wasn't cutting them out. I just, it just didn't align with me. After the last few years, a lot of things really opened my eyes and stressing out about trying to get into a hospital with my partner when I'm trying to have a baby was not one of the things on my bucket list of my life so we kind of eliminated that and chose to do it at home and yeah so everything went well I had absolutely no complications through pregnancy just your standard aches and pains and emotions and everything just the suspense as well of waiting for this baby and yeah I kept checking in with the midwives and then I kind of got treated a little bit differently in one of my appointments small town and obviously word got around that I was having a home birth hadn't had it yet Mm. next appointment I go in and this poor midwife is trying to give me the news and it wasn't coming from her she's like look um you know the head of 
midwifery or whatever wants to come and have a meeting with you about birth and mentioned home birth and mentioned my birth preferences. I wanted three people there and I was only allowed two. And then also my um, decision on my baby's vaccinations. And so this big, huge issue was created and they had to have this meeting with me. And I was like, look, I'm, I'm fine. Like, I don't, I don't need this meeting. It's okay. And she's like, I was like, can I decline? And she's like, yep, that's fine. I'm like, okay, cool. And then she went out to get me some syringes for my colostrum. And she comes back, she's like, I'm really sorry, but the, the OG here wants to, wants to talk to you. I was like, okay, let's just get this done. And he comes in and he was like a, a temp or a fill-in for whoever was not working at the time. And yeah, he's going through all the things with me and like just creating a really big deal. And I'm like, I don't understand what the problem is here. We're just, this is my birth plan. Okay. I can't have three people. I'll have two. Like, that's all you have to say. You don't have to create a big thing. And they made a big deal about, um, yeah, my choice on what our choice was for vaccination if we were to attend, um, which is like completely irrelevant to anything birth related. Like, come on, let's just focus on the main thing here. So were the midwife and you talking about then potentially having a hospital birth, was that the discussion that you said what you wanted in case you were going to have this hospital birth? Is that what you're yes. talking about? So I sent them the birth plan. And All right. Just, just to be safe, um, just so they were, because they actually called me and asked me for it, which I thought was really odd. Um, but anyway, I sent that to them. And then I never said to them I'm having a home birth because I had been kind of recommended not to just based on previous people's experiences with things, being in a small place and, yeah, and then they just kind of created this um, thing based on rumours, I suppose, which, yes, it was true, but also none of their business and I didn't ever no. say it. Yeah, absolutely. And I shouldn't have to feel like that. Like it's it's really funny that that's the way it was, but that's fine. Whatever. We went, we moved past that. You know, what it is is that we have <clears throat> we have gone from the shift here, you know, say a hundred years ago or something, when when birth moved from home into hospital, and more and more we've gone into this system where the woman is the risk factor and nothing around her is the risk. And that yes. also there's a very, it's very heavy how the infantilization of woman is a part of the maternity system. And there is, you know, there is this underlying idea that you have to have informed consent for everything, right? And it's very important. And women need to know this, that, you know, we're all sovereign beings and we're supposed to accept or decline absolutely everything in maternity care, whether that is in pregnancy, birth or beyond. But uh, we're living in a society where there is this culture that thinks that you are a child that needs to be, if you don't, if you don't follow everything, that is how it's, you know, laid out for you in the maternity care of your country or state, then there is this that, oh, we need to tell her she doesn't understand, mm -hmm. right? And um, I think it's, you know, 
I think that when women choose to free birth, and I'm very much interested for you to share with us how you prepared, because it is a radical responsibility because birth is not innately safe there you know it is life and death sometimes things happen it's rare when you uphold the physiology you know as a home birth midwife I know that most home births nothing goes wrong because we hold the safety of the physiology which then creates safety for the mother and and the baby to transition from pregnant to non-pregnant anymore but that's that that view is not held by the medical professionals they just think that if you free birth you don't um understand the responsibility you're taking yeah. and it is, it is a radical responsibility when you don't choose to have any medical professional there that can help in case of emergency and you know not always does it go well in a free birth that is also a reality yeah. you know and i know of women who've chosen the free birth where their baby actually died so it is really important to to take that responsibility and fully inform yourself but the infantilization of women choosing that i think is detrimental actually yeah <laughs> i just remember leaving that hospital appointment not feeling stressed in any way just very I don't know like overwhelmed and a little bit attacked like why am I being so why am I being so targeted here like I've had no complications I'm just like the perfect pregnant person not whinging not complaining no anything and I'm just getting like targeted by this hospital and I just it was like made me even more confident in my decision to be at home in my own space mm. and yeah it was just it was a lot and I was so relieved to get out of there mm. um <laughs> and then yeah we kept traveling along everything was going well got to 38 weeks got to 39 weeks got to 40 weeks got to 41 weeks and then by the end of it I transferred from seeing the midwives to seeing my doctor again um just because I didn't want that extra stress at that time of my pregnancy when I'm like ready to go. Do um, you mean that your own GP, you went to your own GP? Yes. Or, oh, yeah. Okay. So you decided not yeah. to see the midwives because you felt, did they start talking about induction and, and such things or what, what made you yeah, I, go there? Hmm. Yeah, pretty much that, that experience that I just explained. Um, it really deterred me from going back because like what person needs that pressure and stress in general and like I just it just didn't align with me and I was like well I don't really need to be here like all we're doing is checking my blood pressure and like I'm fine I don't it just didn't feel right to me I didn't want to go so I listened to my body and I didn't go so my doctor just you know to keep make sure everything was tracking along okay and it was just a nicer experience to go to him than a hospital unfortunately um but, yeah, and so I had my 41-week doctor's appointment and then I booked another one the following week just in case I was still pregnant. <laughs> and then, yeah, we got to 41 and 3, which is the average first-time mum's birth date. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, there was no stress. Like you get to 42 weeks and that's when I would start reevaluating and deciding making more decisions but I wanted to get to that point first like mm. to allow my body and my baby to do what they need to do 
like obviously she wasn't ready to come out and that's fine like what's wrong with that there's Mm. no harm in going that far along um yeah so we got to 41 and three and my partner and I had a long sleep in that morning like to 10 a.m or something then we went out to the closest salt water we could find (laughs) went out to this lake and yeah had a lovely lunch together come home and I just felt this urge to set up the lounge room again because the kids had just gone back to their mums the big kids um and so the lounge room was clear and then so yeah I just got home and I was like I just need to lay this tarp out I need to put the blankets down and put the pool there and just get everything set up again because it wasn't ready and I did that and I was like kind of feeling a bit I don't know, crampy in the belly. And I'm like, I just need to finish this. I'll go to the toilet and then I'll sit down because it's like everything is such an effort when you're that big. (laughs) Went to the toilet, peed, and then I just felt like a bit extra come out and I felt the urge to look, which you don't normally do. Looked down and there's a bit of blood and I was like, oh, my God, (laughs) I think we're on. And I like wiped and I was like, Brad, come here. I was like, I think we're on and showed him. And he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> he was like doing the dishes and cleaning up because obviously our yeah, our house was just not ready. And, yeah, so from then I just felt um, like a cramping sensation, kind of like period pain to start with. And so I put a pad on straight away after that and was just monitoring it and sending photos to my doula and the photographer like, guys, I think it's happening, you know, obviously don't know when, but this is where we're at just so, you know, they could know what was happening because they were going to come over at some point. So that was about 5, I think it was about 5.30 p.m. at night. Um, And, yeah, from then I just monitored the pad and just monitored the bleeding did you say monitor the bleeding? So what do you mean? Did you bleed a lot throughout your labour? No, I wouldn't say a lot, but, you know, when things are starting to happen, they're like, well, you know, put a pad on if your water breaks so you know what colour it is. And Not that my water had broken, but I was just had a pad on and just monitoring what how much was coming out, mm. um, which wasn't much. Like I was still able to eat. I was just having this really heavy cramping feeling which was we timed it. It was every three to five minutes from that 5.30 point. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, okay, yep, Mm. yeah. And, yeah, I had some dinner and then it got, I think it went on for about three hours and we're like, okay, we don't know what's happening but we'll fill the pool up, you know, because that will take a long time. So we'll do that and then we'll see what's happening. (laughs) So we started to fill the pool up. And then I remember standing up and I was like kind of like leaning over the couch on my forearms and then I felt this big thud. I was like, oh, and then I started leaking and I quickly ran over to the tarp and grabbed one of those like puppy pads and I held that, ran to the bath, stood in the bath, let it out and had a look and there was my mucus plug. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And then my waters are broke at the same time. It was a as if like the baby had kind of like punched it down or just like it was a lot of force, like it was a real feeling in there. 
Yeah, a lot um, of women say that they feel and sometimes even hear like a pop when yeah. that happens. Yeah. Mm. It was, yeah, nothing I've ever experienced before. It was crazy. Yeah, so I'm in the bath and the water's out looking for meconium as, you know, you learn. Yeah. Nothing. It was kind of like a, it just looked like wee, a bit yeah. yellowy. Mm. So, yeah, I, I let that dribble out more and grabbed a pad sat back on the couch and let everyone know, okay, waters have broken. <laughs> yeah, we're on to right. the next stage now. Did you continue to have bleeding? Because you kind of said that you were bleeding or was that just in the beginning? Just at the beginning. So oh. it was just like, it wasn't like bleeding. It was kind of like just blood on little bits of the mucus plug, I think. Yeah, well, that's different. I just wanted to check because I wasn't sure what yeah. you meant. Like you said, oh, so I had a pad to see how much I was bleeding. I was thinking, whoa, that sounds bad. Because if you're bleeding no. in labor, that can yeah. be a sign of like the placenta has, you know, detached a yeah. bit. Or so anyone listening, especially if you're planning for free birthing, <laughs> you need to know these things. Like this is the things that are really important, right? And it sounds like you were really yes. educated about things that you knew what to look for, for example, when your water's broken, which a lot of women who choose to birth unassisted, they really educate themselves obviously on anything that doesn't, you know, that's not normal so that they know yes. so that they can choose to seek help if they need to okay great totally. and we know there was not <laughs> a lot of blood coming no, but that's normal it wasn't like a bit of like yeah. paper yeah yeah it was just like ready mucusy kind of stuff yeah Nothing from your cervix yeah. yeah so when your yeah. cervix dilates sometimes there's a bit of drips of blood or can be a bit pinkish you know together yeah. with your mucus plug or discharge mm. yes yeah and so I kept leaking waters, um, so we thought, okay, I'll just get in the pool now because, you know, I just keep leaking and we could be on and we could be not on. I don't know. And this whole time I had been experiencing those cramps every three to five minutes, did not stop from 5.30. Mm. So, and I'm like kind of waiting for the the time difference, you know, when you learn, oh, you know, you'll get, a contraction and then you have a big long break then you'll get a contraction and then they'll get contractions will get longer and the breaks will get shorter and there was none of that yeah I was like what is going on I don't know what's happening am I in labor I'm not sure did they do my waters broke yeah did they get more intense Mm. yeah so it wasn't until I got in the pool um and that was like a nice warm relief and yeah, like they were just, it was a lot. And then it got to a point where I couldn't actually really talk or vocalize anything. And so my partner's there just watching and I'm there just like breathing through these cramps, what I think is cramps. Um, and then, yeah, he obviously, I couldn't have a conversation with him. So he's like, okay, doula, please come over. <laughs> and so, yeah, she was here in about 40 minutes. And by the time she was here, I was just not speaking at all. I couldn't, I couldn't even like recognize her coming and I couldn't greet her. Mm. Um, it just got so intense and it was like a, the belly tightening, like the Braxton Hicks contractions, whatever they call them. Um, it was kind of like that, you know, like really intense and it just, it just got more and more. Um, yeah, then the next person to come over was our photographer, Kristen. Uh, yeah, she 
got here around midnight, I think. So I'd been in the pool from around 9.30 and then it got to midnight, Kristen got here. And then I think I remember asking the time and it was like 1 a.m. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, where did the time go? (laughs) And this whole time, the same thing, contractions every three to five minutes. Like we kept intermittently timing them and just, you know, checking and there were just so much that, yeah, I just couldn't couldn't speak. Do you want a natural birth, Mama? Then a natural birth course might be for you. Do you see birth as a rite of passage and an important and transformational event that you'd like to feel fully empowered in meeting? Are you like many other women realizing that it is time to take back your power as a birthing woman in the birth space and birth your baby your way? Would you like to feel calm and confident as you birth your baby with all the tools you need in order to meet the labor sensations naturally and be ready body, mind and soul? Do you deeply down know that your body was made to birth your baby and that you have all the inherent power and inner wisdom to do so? Are you looking for holistic midwifery wisdom and guidance to assist you and give you all the evidence-based information you need in order to feel fully sovereign in your decision-making around your pregnancy and upcoming birth? Then the Natural Birth Course is for you. Find out more at thenaturalbirthcourse.com And then I'd been laying on my back in the pool, arms like resting over the edges. And Hannah, my doula, she's like, okay, I think we need to get up and go to the toilet. And I was like, there is no chance I'm moving. (laughs) No way. This is, I can't, I I can't get up. And I'm just thinking like this, how does she think I'm going to get all the way to the toilet? And I was like, no, I can't. And she's like, okay, you need to go in the pool. And I tried, I honestly tried to be, and I just couldn't. It was way too much going on down there. I couldn't do it. And I think she just really wanted to get me to move around. Mm. So then I was tempted with some more warm water being put in the pool. So that's what got me out of the pool. (laughs) She was like, okay, if you get up and go to the toilet, I'll put some more hot water in. I was like, okay, okay. I love that. So, yeah, that was it was really yeah. hard to get up. And you got up the pool and it was the early hours of the morning, maybe one or something, did you say? Yeah, I think it was about one or two, something like that. So I'd have been in for quite a while and, you know, we weren't really progressing, I guess, or I guess she was reading the room better than any of us. <laughs> so, yeah, got up, went to the toilet, and I remember it was like one mil come out it was nothing I was like this is ridiculous like classic pregnant lady pee (laughs) (laughs) and then I remember just the surges I was experiencing just on the toilet and my partner Brad was there and I was just holding him like oh my god like don't leave me (laughs) this is so intense and 
yep, got up, went back to the pool. And now I was in a different position. So I was more like on my knees. Um, everything's quite a blur in this time because there's like photos of me on my knees leaning over the pool and then I'm back on my back and then I'm on my side and everything was going on and my supporters were just the best, like trickling water down my back, squeezing my hips, just there holding me, holding my hands. It was incredible. Um, then I started to feel, I remember feeling like a real tightening in my pelvis. So it was like I could feel her traveling through my cervix into my vagina and it was just so tight and I'm like, okay, we must be progressing here because I can really feel this in a different spot. And as soon as I started to feel that, the cramping and contraction feeling went away. So like, I knew we were moving forward and it was, it was such a relief, but obviously we weren't done yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and just I remember the whole time feeling like, how on earth does anyone do this more than once? This is ridiculously painful. <laughs> it is so hard. And I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. What am I going to do? Like, I can't, how can I, what am I going to do? And, but I never vocalized anything because I physically couldn't. Mm. So I'm like, in my head, I'm just going wild. And then I remember afterwards, they were like, oh, you were so peaceful. I'm like, no, I wasn't. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, I've, heard, I've had so many mamas share that with me, that what you just said, that it's like it's going on inside you, but yeah. it's like you just cannot work. You can't open your mouth. You can't speak about it. It's like. Yes, because you are in that you are in that altered state of consciousness too, and especially as it sounds like now, sounds like you're transitioning into actually the bearing down phase of birthing your baby, right? Yeah, and that time it's like you are in between worlds, but at the same time you're also getting a rush of adrenaline that is supposed to help you birth the baby, right? So it's also yeah. clicking on your brain. So a lot of women will like you'll have a double kind of experience of like I am in an altered state of consciousness. I can't speak, you know, potentially I'm very much just having this happening inside of me. At the same time, your brain's going, ding, I'm awake now. After after being maybe for a while, you know, for hours potentially in that kind of very altered state of consciousness of like, yeah, it's it's a weird time sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> oh, totally. It's the, like the time was just a blur to me. I have no idea. Like I couldn't tell you how long it had been going for. So it was just... Yeah, completely out of this world. And, yeah, like I could feel her travelling down through and then felt her at the opening. And I was like, okay, I can feel the ring of fire, as they say. Don't want to call it that. I don't want to put negative words out there. And I could feel her there. And um, Hannah's got a mirror and a torch and she's looking. And she was like, put your hand down and feel. And I thought I reached down straight away or as soon as I could. And she's like, it took you six surges to, to move. <laughs> I was so, I was like, I can't move. Like this is impossible. Yeah. Anyway, I, I reached down and I, I felt my baby's head 
through this little gap. And I was like so relieved but devastated at the same time because I thought her head was out. <laughs> it was like that much burn. I was like, oh, okay, what was that? No, we're not. And I was like thinking, right, next search, this baby's coming out. And I was like, no, 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 I need to allow her to travel slowly so I don't tear, you know, opening of the flower, opening of the flower. And I just like visualizing all this hypnobirthing stuff. Nope, it's no rush. She's coming when she's ready. I can do this. (laughs) And yeah, I don't know how long it took, but her head came out. And then I reached down because I felt it come out, obviously. Reached down and I was like so happy feeling around. And then I felt this little nose and I was like, oh, her nose, she's facing my bum. Is that the right way? (laughs) Because you know how like I couldn't tell which way she was, if she was the right way to be birthed or the wrong way. I had no idea. Mm. And, yeah, she's facing my bum. I'm like, is that right? And they're like, yes. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) And then I felt this baby rotate inside of me and wiggle and it wasn't pleasant. I was ready. ready for her to come out it was very very odd (laughs) and I don't again I don't know how many surges later but this baby come out and I I remember just feeling like shock like what do I do now what there was like a moment in time where I just froze and Hannah's like reach through your legs and grab her (laughs) because I'm like uh what and yeah, pull this baby up into my arms, laid back on my back in the pool, just oh, relief. I finally have this baby and not relief because there's a cord still inside of me. I've got to do this again. There's a placenta left. <laughs> uh, let's enjoy this. And yeah, she was really fluidy, obviously, um, because they're living in water. So I'm rubbing her back, I'm patting her back and she's like quite limp and floppy. Um, and then she finally let out a little cry and it was really gurgly and, and I was like, oh, you know, some mums can would like try and suck the, the liquid out. You could give that a go if you want. And so, okay, <laughs> sucked on this baby's face. And she's like, spit it out and spat it out and did that a few times to try and help her and yeah she was just getting all this stuff up out of her lungs and I was helping her suck it out and then yeah she's crying and we had this towel on her holding her on my chest and I think she was a bit cold and everyone's like okay I think we should get you out of the pool now you might help the baby so yeah I got up everyone helped me up out of the pool because I was like I I don't know how to stand up right now. I'm just like so much relief. Everything's going well. Yeah, sat on the couch, got dry, baby got dry. And oh, it was just like, what did I just do? That was amazing. Yeah, that was 5.30 or 5.20 a.m. So mm. almost 12 hours later, had a little mm. baby in my arms. And then, yeah, sat on the couch for half an hour maybe trying to feed her and work out the whole breastfeeding thing (laughs) with a little baby mouth and nothing was happening with placenta so again the girls are like okay should we go sit on the toilet 
as you know, that's a natural release for a lot of people. Yeah. So Brad's gone and put a bucket in there. I sat down and holding this baby and just waiting. And then I felt felt something come out, had a look, no, just a blood clot, waited, waited. And <laughs> next minute, this jellyfish thing plonked out into the bowl. I was like, oh, that was not nearly as bad as a baby. <laughs> wow. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it is squishy. There's no bones. It's not as big, but it is, you know, I think most women, I would say, dread that, you, you know, you just birthed that baby and you're so relieved and then, oh gosh, but it is, <laughs> it, you know, it can actually be, I had this woman just recently birthed um, in the, in the pool as well. And she took her time getting the placenta out, just gently, gently. She actually did it, you know, just in the pool with herself, just and it was just kind of half out and she was just touching it going oh it's like it's like a, it feels like a flower it's, and you know she just had this whole process of birthing a placenta um wow. very gently and yeah it can you know obviously everyone has their journey with the birth of both baby and placenta and it can just look so different yeah. you know for everyone it, it will look different we're all so unique yes yeah it was yeah, such a relief to get that out. And then we were like, okay, so how do we get the placenta in the bowl out with the baby? Because the bowl was put underneath the lid. And so anyway, we had to scoop the placenta out into the bag. I went into the bathroom, got all cleaned up, gave Brad the baby and the placenta. And he <laughs> went and sat down and had his cuddles. <laughs> and then, yeah, I made it out to the couch and just, oh, just relief. And just obviously sore as well. <laughs> um, we ended up, we weighed her later on that day and 4.7 kilos mm. we had. Good size baby. So 10-pound baby, yeah. Um, yeah, she's she's quite a thumper, but I just thought she looked normal. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is nice and, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the girls was like, well, yes, I would say she's she's quite heavy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was interesting to hear that because, you know, I was really big as when I was pregnant. Um, I had put on like I think 23 kilos and, yeah, the baby was a big baby. They got it right. She was big, but it didn't scare me. It was this is so natural. It's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. So, yeah, there's become a whole thing about into that. big babies, hasn't it? Like this fear of big babies. And yeah, um, it's not warranted. It's not about the size of the baby. It's no. not, you know. And, and we're, we're made. Yeah, we, we, and we don't generally will not make babies we can't birth. That's we right. don't. If it is, you know, you know, you have to look at the parents as well and say, you know, are they big people, are they short people, little people, you know, all of this. We will all make different kinds of babies, different size babies. <laughs> it's not about the size of the baby and it's, it is causing much more interventions that is needed in the system. When you're, you know, you're a prime example of that. I've had mamas who had, you know, yeah, 4.5 up to 5 kilo babies like that's huge you know and you had somewhere yeah. in there and and huge I would say it's not huge it's just it's on the bigger end of normal yes. you know it's just 
But those women have also been bit bigger bit women, like maybe taller or their partners taller or bigger. You know, it's not like they they wouldn't bake a, a smaller baby, you know? Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it would be surprising uh, for a very little person to create a very, very big baby. Yes. You know, if someone's very tiny and petite uh, and their partner's very tiny and petite and that's their, you know, just their constitution, they most likely will create a baby that's, the same constitution and a lot of times then they'll you know people tell them oh your baby's too small but then you go like well have you actually looked at them yeah so again you know it's just yeah generally not generalizing people there will be times when that is true but that's not the rule yes mm. totally yeah. oh, okay <laughs> what a what a beautiful that story and how yes. yeah how did you go with um you know the aftermath because obviously being and I think a lot of women may be listening to this you know if you're living rural you only have the option of going to maybe the hospital or even traveling to the big tertiary hospital because they might not even be birthing um sweet where you are um and they might be considering this because there is no independent midwives for them to employ like they don't have a choice they only have tertiary hospital or free birthing yeah you know I think a lot of people can also be then a little bit worried about the community and obviously in a small place everyone will know it's hard not to <laughs> as you just yeah. explained you know during your pregnancy that you got back to the hospital that you were maybe planning to have a home birth on your own yeah how did that transpire afterwards for you um so I still had my 42 week appointment with my GP so I thought we'd stick with that and we'd go and see him and say, look what we did. <laughs> <laughs> and he was impressed. He was he was happy for us. He was, yeah, really good. Um, and then I wanted to go up to the midwives to give them the opportunity to be supportive, um, completely prepared for a negative experience. Um, and, yeah, a few people had recommended we don't go because, you know, just having had a baby, super emotional, everything's up and down and, you know, you just don't need that negativity. And I was like, no, look, this is their job. I want to give them this chance to be here for us because I'm no different to anyone else. I just did it differently. But I still did it. Like nothing went wrong. Like they should be high-fiving me. <laughs> yeah. like well done you know and so yeah we went and I knew the lady that the midwife that spoke to us um and she was really good she you know asked some questions and yeah she was she was pretty good supportive and informative you know like oh you know you've got pelvic floor options here and this and that and this and that like all of the support services mm. so I'm glad we went up because yeah, it was it was good to be like, hey, like look what we did. <laughs> um and yeah, it was it wasn't as bad as we all thought it was gonna be to go back that. to the hospital. I love which is that. really good. Mm, that is beautiful. Yeah. And sounds like you have such a great rapport with your GP, which is amazing. Um, that he was so supportive and yeah, and you know that this beautiful midwife 
met you in this way and which there's beautiful midwives and doctors in the system you know that will respect your choices and very much um yeah so that you know the system's not all bad there's a lot of amazing people working within it who's trying to do their best for women and children and and families so that's lovely to hear yes i was very happy with the outcome (laughs) beautiful with all of the outcomes really (laughs) So if you had a first-time mama in front of you right now who's about to have her first baby and she really wants to have a natural and empowering birth experience, what advice and pearls of wisdom would you give to her? I would say to her, if it's in her price range or budget, get a doula. Get a doula. It is so supportive, not just for you, but for your partner as well. Um, especially when you can't communicate like I couldn't (laughs) you know he had someone to look on to and they could bounce off each other it was he's so grateful like Brad is so grateful that we had a doula Um, and also just remember that we were made to do this we we wouldn't be where we are if we couldn't do it alone skip the last hundred years go back to when we could do it and we had the right support. We had all of the beautiful things. We've got this. We're made for this. <laughs> and think about think about your cats and dogs. I watched my cat give birth in my hallway and I was so inspired. Like, if she can do it with four babies, I can do it with one, surely. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful. And hypnobirthing course. Very informative. Mm. Very helpful. <laughs> Sorry, there's a few there. <laughs> No, I love that, (laughs) you know, and I I acknowledge what you just shared as being very good advice for sure. I think, you know, we've always, women have always throughout the ages birth with especially other women and midwives have been around forever, for ages. There's always been that wise woman who's attended births in the community. Um, Yeah. And that has changed today what it looks like, but there's still those those women that are there that are very knowledgeable about birth. And I think that support is everything to have that support. Yes, Mm. Yes, 100%. Thank you so much for coming on the Natural Birth Podcast. It's been beautiful to hear your story. (laughs) Thank you. Love sharing it. Thank you for listening. If you love this podcast, then please consider sharing it. Leave a review or make a contribution on our Patreon page. And if you want to connect on social media, then find the podcast on Instagram as The Natural Birth Podcast. Thank you for listening.